0: You are listening to the Art Wonk Podcasts, a show where we take a deep dive into what it takes to be successful in marketing if you are a visual artist or craftsperson. We will explore how the art world works as well as how to better achieve your professional goals. I am Neville Park, your host and resident Art Wonk. So settle in and join me as we get today's show underway. Episode Twenty Four: The Power of Collaboration. Yay! Good, everyone. Hey, welcome into this episode of the Art Wonk Podcast. Today we're looking at collaboration and collaborating, and how it can help your business and help you as an artist, both as a professional practice uh, and as an emotional practice. So I'm going to be talking with Bill Dorman. Bill is a fellow collaborator of mine, somebody I've collaborated with in Australia, in New Zealand, and up in Canada. Bill is a designer. He's a furniture maker. He's a jeweler. He's won the Teacher of the Year Award in Australia as a technical arts teacher so this man has got multiple strings to his bow uh, and is such an interesting person to talk to because he sees the art of collaborating as being pretty much the best way that you can teach or learn and I find his his view of the world extraordinary he's a very generous and a very very talented artist so I've invited Bill to talk with us today about his experiences with collaborating and how he sees that influencing his teaching and communicating in general about your art and your emotional state. Now, collaboration has two different meanings. One is the obvious one, making work with others. And you know, the musicians out there and the other art forms often do it better than us visual people simply because of opportunity more often than not. But I'm also talking about collaboration, which is something else. That's a thing. It's, a, it's an event. It's a global event. Uh, we have them in Hawaii. We have them in uh, Saskatoon and Canada. They're in the States. They're in Europe. They're in New Zealand and they're in Australia. The New Zealand one is up in Whangarei uh, and the Whangarei heads uh, and it happens every two years. will be happening again around, uh, I think it's the middle to end of March, this coming 2021 season. Uh, And we will have anywhere between 70 and 100 artists come from normally all around the world, travel conditions permitting, where we come together to make artwork. And the number one goal for six solid days is just to make artwork. The only rule is you're not allowed to hand anything in that has been made by one person. The goal is to collaborate. And we have all these different types of artists coming together. There are painters, printmakers, screen printers, um, jewellers both of the traditional sense in terms of bone carving and stone carving, but also the fine art or fine metal workers, um, diamonds and, and platinum and the likes. We've got blacksmiths and metal fabricators, people like me who carve metal. There's copper people who form um, metal. There are weavers, both traditional and um, contemporary. There are fibre and felt artists. There are glass artists, both slumping their blowers there's neon artists we've got furniture makers there are potters, there are carvers in stone carvers in wood traditional moldy carvers carvers from other cultures as well um oh gosh keep on going and amongst all that there are people who bring together multiple different things and are assembly artists and an awful lot more and I know there's some that I've overlooked and I forgive me but you get the point all of these people come together with the goal to work with other people to make artwork and that has been for me a life-changing experience My first collaboration was in 2011, and at that one I found my people, I found my tribe, I found my connection to the art community. Something that I hadn't really appreciated was missing until I found it, and then suddenly it was like, oh my gosh, this is just the greatest thing ever. So we come together, we make artwork, at the end of the week there's a great big auction and everything is sold, so if you make something you like, You have to buy it. And nobody owns anything, so there's no place for ego. It's all about just the joy of making. And this experience is something that's motivated me, having been to a number of these around the world now, to want to share, to want to tell you more about. Now, I've invited Bill to be part of that process on this show because he has a lovely way of sharing that that insight because he's been a teacher for so many years. But Bill is also a bit of a rock star at these events. Sometimes he can have up to twenty different projects going. Everyone wants Bill on their their project because the guy brings quality and exemplary attention to getting it right. And so he will talk about that. Just to give you a little bit of a, a sort of a breakdown on where it fits for me. After my first collaboration, I went home. At that point, I was living in Blenheim, and I said to my wife, "I don't want to work on my own in a small space anymore." I want to make something that I can have a lot of artists around me and that actually led to us um, building um, the Icon Art Gallery and Sculpture Complex which was you know 10 acres of sculpture gardens and two art galleries and multiple studios just so that I could have more artists, more creatives around me. Nearly everyone that I've spoken to who's done a collaboration has had two big things happen. One is they've rediscovered the joy of making within their own selves. The other one is they've had their world view of what making means expanded to an extraordinary level. And nearly everyone who collaborates in that environment or just in general will find that it is a wonderful way of having a, a, just a realignment with the value system of your skills and your talent People celebrate stuff that you have take for granted. You forget how clever you are at some of the things you do until somebody gets all excited and wants to watch and learn from you, wants to actually show you what they can do. And this idea of opening up and sharing and being part of something bigger leads off uh, a little bit from Dai Toker in my talk all about keeping yourself safe in your studio and your mental state. So collaborating is a really wonderful thing. Now, not everyone is a born collaborator, and I accept that. It's not always easy to give in to the process of allowing others to take control of a piece of work you're working on. But if you can get there, if you can get to that point where you explore the idea, at the very least, it'll teach you how much you love your work if you don't want to share it. It's still gives you some kind of focus on your quality, value, and and um, uniqueness. All those things that you really should be aware that you offer, that you have in you, that we often forget. We get complacent, we get trapped, we get worried by life and other things. Sometimes we lose our confidence. So the collaborative movement is one where there's actually an organisation you can pay to go along, experience seven incredible days of walking, talking, living in a great big, massive, uh, massive, now how's that for a word? It is massive and messy art environment where people do nothing but make art and share their skills. It gets frenzied, it gets frantic. Um, For some, others find a quiet spot and they just work at their own pace. But the goal is to communicate with others. You might be a painter who gets to paint on a beautiful wood-turned vessel um, or have your painting cut up and turned into another piece of sculptural art by somebody You, you don't do this to each other's work without sharing the ideas first but it's brokered through conversation and through sharing this experience and from it come lifelong lasting and incredibly rich friendships and people that you can call all around the world to say hey I'm having a problem in my place what's going on in your place Or I'm looking for X. You know, I literally had a conversation sitting around a fire one evening where I complained that I was struggling to get hold of some stone carving tools um, to which somebody across from me said, oh, we've got a shop at the end of our street that sells those back in Canada. And I discovered how easy it was to get if I knew where to look. So this idea of stepping out of your box, of sharing with others in a collaborative sense, is something that visual artists don't do a lot of, but we'd like you to consider. So settle in, have a listen to the conversation Bill and I have. Really enjoyed his company, and thank you so much, Bill, for the time you gave me. Uh, And for all of you who find the idea of collaborating interesting, or you're a bit curious about it, I'm about to launch a new podcast series called Arting Out Loud. Arting Out Loud is all about collaboration. It's where I interview collaborators from all around the world, talk about their experiences at collaboration, what they've learned, how it's affected their practices. And that's covering all the different types of art forms. Uh, And we talk about what's happening in their worlds at the moment as well. So if you wish to learn a little bit more about Arting Out Loud, the podcast, then go to artingoutloud.com. I have links there for all of the different international collaborations. There's videos showing you what they look like and what goes on. As I interview artists for the new shows, we will actually have their profiles and pictures of their artwork and everything on the website as well. So go to artingoutloud.com and have a look. Now, on off the show. Hi, everyone. Hey, welcome into this episode of the Wonk podcast. Today, I've got the pleasure of having the company of Bill Dorman. I love how you nod. It's, it's always good to have someone nod on the phone. Um, <laughs> Bill's Australian, folks. We're going to give him a lot of latitude today and probably a little bit of stick. Now, Bill is from um, Goulburn in... Um, well, you're New South Wales in Australia?
1: Yes, New South Wales, just southwest of Sydney by about 200 kilometres.
0: Right. Nice spot to be, really. I mean, it's quite a pretty part of the country over there, isn't it?
1: It's lovely. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we're at the, kind of on the, on the Great Dividing Range, basically on the road between Sydney and Melbourne and Sydney and Canberra.
0: Wow. So is that a busy highway coming through there? A lot of people coming and going?
1: Yeah, it, it bypasses the town these days. But, yeah, it's probably one of the main arterial roads of Australia.
0: Wow. well i'm hoping to be able to get over and visit sometime because you know it's been an awful long time that we've talked of that now when you can't when you really want to so bill's joining us today because we're talking about collaboration what's involved in collaborating with another artist the benefits and features and um to poor old bill's case he's had seven years of, of a relationship with me as a fellow collaborator and i figure he's maybe almost mad enough now to be able to share with other people just what's involved it's not been that bad has it
1: no no nev no it was one of the pleasures of my life meeting you <laughs> one of the, uh, the, the, the the fellow crazies but it's been an amazing journey it's been an amazing journey. It
0: has. So a lot of people don't actually know what collaborating is, um, apart from, you know, obviously we, we know the meaning of the word, but when you and I use the word collaboration, we actually have quite a specific framework, don't we?
1: Yeah, look, I look, I suppose, you know, a little brief story on, on how I worked out what collaboration was. I was kind of, you know, in 2011 and 12 were pretty down years and I'd burnt my workshop down and... You know, things were, I suppose, fairly stressful. And a, and a mate who runs the Australian collab, who I'd never heard of, but I'd, she was a fellow industrial arts teacher, said, you've got to come to this. This is what you need. And I thought, oh, well, you know, anything. And, um, and luckily it was, you know, only 100 kilometres away. So I went to it and here's all these, you know, woodworkers and various, and the Australian ones focused around woodwork and I'm the metal worker, but there are a couple of other metal workers there as well on the you know first day or so a fellow Neil Turner, a wood turner from Western Australia, a beautiful wood turner came up to me with this you know his way of welcoming me in and it was like, yeah this beautifully turned kind of like a chalice shape of bowl where the bottom part had broken off and he put that into the the parts pile and he said, look, you know can you make some you know blow this and make something with this and i thought well that's a beautiful piece and i went off and i made this beautiful stand that held his piece of work in reverence you know just picked it up gently and held it at an angle off the table and then another guy andrew Pototnik from from melbourne wandered past and he said, "Oh, can i join and uh and and um neil who's a seasoned collaborator in australia went yeah sure you know and i'm going oh yeah fair enough and he, he got Neil's bowl and and or the chalice thing and held it and looked at it for a bit and then picked up this coping saw off the table and just started hacking into this piece. And I'm thinking, shit, shit, what's he doing? <laughs> like, he's just wow, what's he doing? With it? You know? And then when he put the saw down, it was just like, wow, that's amazing. He's just totally changed that to something as equally beautiful. But different, and I was like, oh right, I get it. You're opening up your piece to interact with someone else. Not, you know, you're not kind of, well, I'll do the, you know, I'll do this bit and you do that bit. It's, it, it was to play creatively with someone else's piece. It was like picking up a paintbrush and, you know, hacking into someone else's painting. It's just not done with visual artists. <laughs> <laughs> And then from then on, I think I got, Oh, I get it. You know, you're you're playing together, using your minds together, seeing how other people solve their problems, how they solve your problems and how you create problems together and solve them together between, you know, just one other person or many other people.
0: And that, that there is pretty much how I see kind of the meaning of life. You know, we make problems as artists and creatives so that we can solve them. Otherwise, we don't ever grow or evolve. So in the creative experience that comes with a collaboration, let's give people some framework. A collaboration, in the way we're talking about it, isn't uh, a couple of recording artists or just two people coming together. We're talking of mass. We we are part of a group that is now global, um, where we're lucky enough to come together with people who work in very different media and then share the joy of making co-joined pieces so it's not just woodworkers working with woodworkers they even let us metalheads in there and and others as well um so you you saw this beautiful bowl you then saw it cut up what did you bring to the deal how did how did you then engage did did that move on from you and and into somebody else or did you get to attach to that piece because I know often we start thinking we're going to do it and then it just takes on a life of its own and you you find that no this is not right for me and another one comes along
1: well, yeah, I suppose it's, with, with that particular piece, I think, you know, fairly much stopped there. It, it had done its process and it was looking lovely, you know. But it, it it allowed you to not only attach but also to let go. We both know, and everyone who's done a collab know, there's pieces that I think the terminology is, is they've been collabed to death almost, yeah, you designed know. Designed like by committee. They're overworked. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's pimped. Yeah, yeah. Art by committee almost, yeah. Yep. But, it, you know, like, it, and but the other thing is that there's some pieces that are just wonderful that you would never get out of your own head or, you know, sitting in your own studio at home. Again, you know, I suppose when I went over to New Zealand, there were just so, you know, that was a, the fact that there were so many, style, you know, like mediums that were being worked with that a glass artist could come down and talk to you about what you're doing and you know, how they can add to it or how, you know, and it's sometimes that you're looking for something to be added to your piece. And sometimes people are asking you to add to their piece. But a lot of the time and what what where the serendipity happens is when you're both creating something together that that's, it's not just an add-on. It is a, you know, a whole new way of looking at both of the mediums. You know, how do these two mediums work? You know, metal and glass, you know, you might not many of us have got the diversity of studio and then it, as I say like that first New Zealand collab I think we did a, a round table thing one evening where we worked out there was two or three thousand years of professional experience in the room so there was no problem that couldn't be solved and it, not at one stage did you hear we can't do that.
0: Oh hell no. You know, <laughs> It's more likely know, to be 50 different ideas of how we can do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that, that was, um, you know, having uh, just creative experts everywhere who were wanting to share. No, one, no one's aiming for the glory. It's not, you know, like you knew at the end of it, it was all going to be, you know, wrapped up and flogged off to the community and auction and it's gone and you'll fly home and it's all over. But, it, it, you know, it is all about the process, It's about the process of thinking.
0: That's the thing that I really enjoy about that. To me, the most common conversations, you hear them repeated over and over again. are, Hey, I've got this idea, is normally the way it starts, um, and then somebody will do their pitch to another person. I'm thinking about doing this. Are you interested in being involved? Or uh, I need some help with this. Can you do this bit for me? Or whatever that starting point is, there's nearly always seems the common rejoinder to that is yeah but have you thought about and then they tip it upside down or they you know because their worldview and their skill base and their knowledge um, means they do see opportunity that you don't and for me that was so incredibly cathartic I literally tipped my head inside out when I saw people looking at things I did every day and didn't see a lot of value in because they were just everyday skills to me And they're crowding around saying, oh, show us how you did that. So I was validated as a maker. But also, they'd take something I was a bit precious and a little bit cagey about and totally disrespect its value in my terms, but add something completely new because literally they saw, you know, and I I, I hear you with the bowl. Um, I watched somebody actually cut up a bowl in front of somebody who was completely horrified. He literally put it on the bandsaw but he turned it into a jigsaw piece. Like the whole bowl became a jigsaw puzzle. Um, and the woodturner whose work it was at the time had never thought that something that he would make would become an interactive piece. His pieces had always been static pieces. When he finished with them, they sat. Now the problem was how to stop this blasted jigsaw from falling apart. And that's where it went on somebody else and so on. So um, I love that. I, I've had more appreciation the mundane come out of that process than I ever thought was possible so what was the most outrageously sort of oh my god how the hell did I end up in amongst this project type of experience because just to clarify people uh, Bill and I have worked together in New Zealand Australia and Canada so we've we've got a bit of history and I've seen uh, he's like a, a dervish he's this mad person who's involved in 50 different things often because he has so many different skills and everyone wants a piece of him so you've you've been involved in a lot more individual pieces than I have. What would be your magic one that stuck?
1: Is it? Um, well, just a, a, I suppose a recent one was uh, at the last collab where you know sadly we weren't able to make it there. Neville in New Zealand was was Benoit Haveli from from France uh, with his beautiful um, big carved textured pieces, and then coming up to the the metal tent and so I think that's it was, wood
0: pieces, isn't it?
1: So that was a wood piece coming up there. And, and it, you know, it's often joked that, you know, that everyone comes to Metalwork Last to find out how to make a stand for their piece. But this really, you know, was a, um, we became part, it wasn't just about a stand, but there was Tai Lake from from Hawaii and, and, and Irwin from South Island down there over with you guys and uh, my partner Joe and I up in the metal tent. And of course Benoit, and the discussions that go through it, the, 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 the pieces go in it the thought that goes into just how you interact with a piece and how you're you're looking to make it a whole, not a stand, you know not an artwork on a stand, but a, but a whole piece. And it came through to a this, I, I thought was it was a beautiful piece that held as one. could have been a single person making it. It was a piece made by five or more people sort of thing. I'm not sure on everyone who was involved. I'm sure there was a few others who, who, who were chipping in on that one too. But, you know, it really looked as one. Yeah. You know, there was not a bit where you're going, oh, well, it's obvious who did that bit. I mean, apart from the Benoit piece, but that it was absorbed by the the steel as well and the, and the shapes within it. And I suppose, you know, I, I love the the franticness of working with a hell of a lot of people. But that might come from 30 years of teaching at high school because, you know, I don't teach 30 kids how to make my pencil box. I work with 30 kids on what they want to make. So it's just, you know, it's just a whirlwind from the moment you walk through the door because I'm, I've got 30 projects in my head and um, trying to work. And that's where, when I found collaboration was, um, it was playing with other people's ideas not, not you know, we're making this. I mean, I mean, there's things where artists get together and then they go off and make their own pieces and come back and have lunch together and go back and keep them working on their pieces. That's not a collaboration. You know, that's, uh, you know, still great, but there's you know, maybe a whole heap of sculptors get together and make 20 different sculptors or sculptures, you know, whereas collaboration isn't about that. It's not about the end product of a person. It's it's about the, the play So that piece really sticks in mind, and I mean the first piece that you and I worked on. You know, I I was trying to get the hang of where the hell this this crazy kiwi was from, and we made that (laughs) two-headed goat. Yep, you know, and And I I remember you actually
0: named the head coming out the back end, Neville. Thank you for that. Well,
1: we all know it is important.
0: (laughs) It is important to name you back in, Neville. uh, For sure, for Uh, sure. There are many people who have probably put those together before. That whole um, experience Mm. that you described with the comparison between a school environment, a classroom, and a collaboration is something that I, I found really sort of drew me in because There is so much teaching that goes on when everyone's there with a kindred spirit. The goal is to make art and to make it together. It's not a place you go to to work on your own. It just doesn't work. You get annoyed too much by other people wanting to play with you. So um, you obviously already had an experience of possibly letting go more than others I've seen, but also of embracing the moment and recognizing, hey, we've got something happening here and running with it. Uh, As a gallerist and working with a lot of artists in a business sense, I I found I've also had to adapt to a certain amount of controlled mayhem. You know, we we guide where we can, but we don't want to inhibit somebody else's creativity. So I don't have the teaching experience, but I could see within the way you were working something that connected with me. Uh, And I've noticed a great deal of the people who come, aren't quite like us in that sense. You know, a lot of them do work. Erwin would be an example. Lovely man, but spends a lot of time, at least last time I saw him, his story was one where he didn't get out to play with other artists very often. And that immersion, that seven days of pure joy, you know, a lot of us burn out because we will go along and and just suck it dry for all it's worth. Uh, How how do you manage that part of it for you emotionally? Because I found my first one turned my world upside down. It left me quite quite different
1: oh, in, in, in a way the i think it reinforced the way i think because of the teaching i you know i now i i, I never go to a collab with any idea of who i'm go, who i want to work with or what i want to make and i'm really strong on that I, I i'm not going there going all right i want to do this this time Because it is all about who else is there, and you've got to leave it up. You know, in my mind, I've got to leave it up to serendipity. I suppose a lot of artists who who are living that life. I mean, I I suppose I make my I made my living out of teaching. Luckily, it was teaching in a workshop. I'm I'm an industrial arts teacher, but come at it more from the art point of view because we got much better toys to play with than the art department. So I didn't want to go with them and be limited to a kiln and a pencil. You know, I, I wanted to get all the good toys. <laughs> you know, I, I can imagine that there's that, you know, if you've been working on your style of work or, you know, in your if you're just, a, you know, you mainly focus on blacksmithing and you come in, you're seeing what you can add in the lines of blacksmithing and then it's, it, it's where... You know, what's your? Oh, I've pushed I suppose, into a hole, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to work out why. Why I felt at home straight away in collab, and I think it's because I'm. I'm used to working, or I was used to working with, lots of kids, and to get them engaged. And a lot of the kids, you know, one of the my better programs was working, making art with kids at risk. It was nothing about art. In one sense, it was working with you know the outcomes weren't art outcomes; the outcomes were social outcomes. And with art, the thing is that you know in one way there is nothing wrong. You know, there's not a right or wrong answer. It's not maths. You know, something in my eyes can be really ugly, but it doesn't mean that it's not. You know, it's not creative, or it. You know, if they like it, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> However, you know, you can still you can still push a discussion within that sort of thing. But what I found with the collaboration in, and with, with the kids is that it is it is about their and my idea. So it's not them making what I want, you know, let's all make 30 pencil boxes. It was, I suppose I used to have a project, I used to call them mirror project with kids and with a, you know, a bunch of really good kids or not. It didn't matter. You'd come in, you go, oh, we're all going to make a mirror. And here it is, 150 mil square mirror, and we're going to put something on you and talk about it. And, and the uh, you know, you get this, you can hang on a wall, you can hold it in your hand, that sort of thing. It can sit on a table. And then some kid would come along and say, oh, look, I'm, you know, I'm not really interested in a, in a mirror. I, I, I was looking at making a bird. You go, okay, well, all right, let's just put a bit of mirror on the bird, and that way you meet the brief, you know. Oh, yeah, but it's a pretty big, all right, well, let's cut the mirror down a bit and as long as you put a bit of mirror on it and so in the end they're kind of you know might be a bit of mirror in the eye and then you get the other kid in and at the end you look at the bird and you go yeah the mirror looks shit on that doesn't it (laughs) yeah let's forget let's forget the mirror mirror. (laughs) (laughs) so the mirror project ends up with no mirror and a bird or a snake or whatever it is they're wanting to make but you've started off somewhere and you've gone on a journey with them and you know helped along the way and it's the same at collab, you're going along on a journey with someone else and you're both throwing on ideas and it comes up as something probably neither of you thought or anybody in the group, you know, because sometimes, as you know, there can be 20 people in a bloody group mm-hmm. <laughs> and just it, it, it's not having an end point, you know, and it's not even about finishing the piece, really. It's 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 not about that at all. I mean, you want to and you want to get it up there on the table, but that's not what the enjoyment is. No,
0: you know? the, the, and that that's to me that that magic, that moment when you realize that what you're doing is not making art. that that's what happens while you do what you do, which is you're just you're communing and you're you're sharing this love of a process or of, uh, whether it is solving the problem or making the problem bigger for the next bugger. It's still just that idea that. I'm engaged with somebody on a really lovely level because we're all in it together. Um, But there is this ideal within it all that we leave our egos at the door, which some are better at than others, but it's part of making is, you know, celebrating the fact that you, you have beliefs, so you can't leave that all behind. But it is also in exploring and being a little bit of a risk taker and allowing other people to have some input into what you're doing. So for teaching, that's a really important skill base that I know teachers that I've had didn't have, and I suffered for it. And it's wonderful to hear what you've done. I believe you were acknowledged as Australian Teacher of the Year because you're good at what you do. So head bow to that. But <laughs> when it comes down to um, this idea of pushing yourself into new places, does that motivate you within this this idea? Like, Do you find yourself wanting to to rush out and do more? Where are you at?
1: I suppose I love it. You know, like my workshop is not a single, you know, a single um, process workshop. Like I can do, I can make a hell of a lot out there, which sometimes is, and and collaboration has made that even worse, it's sometimes a a bigger problem because there's a hundred different ways you could do something rather than if I was just on, you know one or two processes or if I wanted to focus in you know if I, if I just had one style of work uh, I think in one of your previous art wonk things you talk about the creatives and the technicians well I'm I'm definitely I think in the creative so of thing because I might be doing metal work this week and you know woodwork next week and carving something and burning something and then wanting to do a painting the week after and so it's I can go from furniture to jewellery to to whatever, depending on where I'm feeling at the time. Part of the problem with that is you end up doing a lot of running and rounding circles. (laughs) However, (laughs) However, one of the things is that you do discover some amazing things. And I think that's where collabers come in. You know, I, I'm not going to come back here and set up a glass studio, but I can see what a glad artist, artist might have added to this piece or where it could have gone this way. Or one element of collab is quite scary, is wanting to get more and more technologies. You know, some people say it's all about the, the, how many tools you've got or how many processes you can do, and, and I get that, you know. It's just amazing to see what other people can do with things and how they look at it, and how you re-look re- look at and reassess the way you look at your own materials. Yeah. To see how a ar- glass artist interprets how I make something affects how I make it the next time. And, you know, you are saying about that egos thing, you you get there and the first night you have a quick slideshow, which, you know, it's <sighs> that all went over pretty quickly and there were some amazing things, but by the next day you've forgotten who's who and who did what, and it's not until then sometimes you get home you realise, wow, that person does this amazing work. I would have never thought, you know, thought of that or that, that they've come in here and they're so hum- humbly giving over knowledge and talking with you. And and I think, you know, you probably suffer a bit from this too, as as I do, is that sometimes what right have I got to be here? There's all these amazing people here. Where do I fit in? But I think... I'm going to guess that 95% of people at Collab have the same feeling. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know. Well, none of us wh- are in wh-
0: our own wh- studios. None of us are actually able to control like we would normally. Um, that puts you straight away at a common ground. Um, but I think it's also most of us feel a little bit naked and, and exposed by just that sheer difference of, of environment. but yeah. So so you end up in the situation where you do question until somebody else turns around and gets totally excited about it and you realise, oh, okay, well, yeah, I can do this bit then. Um, so how, how did your first piece start? Like what was, you described how you and Neil and Andrew, I think it was, yep, um, yep. had that shared experience. Was from there, did you feel more empowered to step into the 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 breach and actually start offering stuff up or was it still a little sense of i've got to work this one out a bit slower how i've watched people come from both ends of the scale
1: yeah i, I suppose you know one word that doesn't describe me is shy or backward um
0: well, backwards questionable but shy backward, maybe <laughs> that's the
1: australian element but uh, I suppose, know, all, all i know is that you, you put
0: neville at the back end of the goat so um i, I think you got problems
1: <laughs> yeah look it, it's um I, I think after that first piece, it was like, oh, wow, well, you know, I'm getting it. it. It's about a group bringing something together. And and because of all, you know, all the years of teaching, it's my role, not so much as, well, it, it's perceived as like a leadership role. You know, you draw, you're draw leading kids on, on in there. But what happened at, at, at Collab is that I find I want to draw other people in. I'm not. You know, I'm, I'm not reserved about, you know, if I see someone who's not settling in these days, you know, like this is after a few years, is, you know, if there's new people new to collab, finding ways to draw them in, that was my role as a teacher. How do I draw this kid into the into my class? You know, how do I make them engage or get them to engage or encourage them to engage? And obviously, as you can imagine, when you're working with, you know, a lot of kids at risk and that sort of thing, engagement is the big thing in my classroom at school I used to have a um, you know one stage I used to have a chair there and if the kid who didn't want to engage I thought, "Look, well, mate you can not do anything for the whole year you've just got to sit on that chair that comfortable chair by the heater but you've got to stay there you can't come into the you know you can't go wandering around annoying other people the the you know they think oh beauty I can sit on the chair for the rest of the year I win you know but the thing is that they sit there they're comfortable but they're watching all these really you know these kids doing all these fun things, all different, their own thing. And sooner or later, they're bored. (laughs) (laughs) And then they're tapping you on the shoulder. So it's working out how I I like how, and I suppose that's why, as you said earlier on, I I get engaged with a lot of people at Collab. There really really is a mind mind warp Uh, sometimes. You know, you've got, I might have 20 different projects on because I've gone out and hunted them down or people have hunted me down or whatever because I always kind of go, yes, stupidly. You know, that's one lesson number one to learn is don't say yes and don't look anyone in the eye. (laughs) Always say
0: yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, I agree. It's always say yes and then work out what the problems are afterwards.
0: Yep, yep. Change the design so that it means you do less if necessary, but get to the end.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and, it's, and it's not about going there and working with the big stars or anything like that, it's just working with any ideas that are floating around because you never know where the fun comes from, apart from just being there.
0: Well, and that's, I, I, again, is, I mean, all these buzzwords that are, are very much part of the culture now, you know, mindfulness. Um, any of us who work, and, and those of you who um, haven't yet, Met Bill. Um, I'm going to give you um, contact details for his website to have a look at what he makes because it is gorgeous. Um, but Bill has a, a, a substantial beard, um, and uh, it's—I don't know—it's what is it? would Be half a meter long almost? Um, uh, that's plaited. So you d- you don't don't treat something like this lightly when there's spinning tools or um, power tools around. So mindfulness is a—it's you know it keeps your chin from being ripped off, obviously, but. When we're in the groove, when we're making a lot of us lose ourselves we we lose time, we lose connection, we you know we pull in, and yet within that environment, I watch you actually do quite the opposite. as you lose yourself, you expand, um you get involved in more things, you lose yourself in more people's interests, and everyone is talking about what Bill's doing because Bill's doing something with everyone it's 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 a really quite extraordinary thing to watch, and I'm the noisy little sod in the corner with an angle grinder. Um, which doesn't encourage people to come close sometimes. But I I do get to watch a lot, which is kind of uh, ironic because normally I'm talking, but when I'm angle grinding, nobody can hear me. Uh, But I get the sense that that really sort of fills your tank. Do you come home as full as you seem or does it actually also drain the tank at the same time? Like, What's your your recovery process?
1: Oh, look, it definitely fills my tank. You know, like it it definitely is... um I like a busyness of mind. I'm one of those people who it's flat out or not, you know. Like, the, and and I love the flat out, and I love the not as well. It, it, like, I look at you as this as this hyperactive guy who just never stops. Whereas I'm hyperactive a little bit, and then I stop. <laughs> 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 I, I, I'm kind of sometimes, you know, like I'm not a good at at a, at a half go. It's either I'm doing it or I'm not doing it. And as so I say, like the having many projects. I love that because I'm working with lots of different people. Everybody there is creative. Everybody there comes from a different spot than you or a different, you know, a different mindset, a different way of approaching this, a different element of crazy. But everybody there is open to the process. I mean, if you go, I I can see that collab's not for everybody. If you can't kind of stand back and let someone else, you know, paint your canvas, don't go. Yeah. like it, it it would be hell it really you know and i can imagine it would be hell for some people
0: well it's not just them painting you wouldn't a go canvas, back they twice, cut it up you know? and turn it into sail for a yeah, boat yeah, or yeah. a pair of trousers they make a
1: pair of underpants out of it or something like and just totally sacrilegious to your your precious artwork uh, but, but i think that's that's a letting go you know like that's again it's coming back to letting go like don't be so bloody precious right you know, so, yes, it is an amazing bit of wood. Yes, you've done a really great job, but I'm gonna hit it with a hammer and burn it <laughs> and use the ashes to make a a glaze for my kiln, you know, for my pot. And that's that's valid too, you know. Absolutely.
0: And and ultimately the the goal is to come out the end of the week. Not to come out with artwork because we have to buy back everything we make that we like anyway. So none of us are rich enough to buy everything. So you know, ultimately, you are just there to be in the now, experience, and share. I mean, that that much I think it goes without too much argument. When it comes down to bringing this into your world, this is I keep wanting to bring back here because I'm aware of how many people at this point in time. And I've tried to make this an evergreen show, so it's one that people don't go, "Oh, that was a COVID area show." You know, it's it's yeah. about the yeah. the practice of business and and being selective and being proactive and productive and all those things should happen no matter when. Um, when you bring the new skill base, the knowledge, the things you've seen back into your world, and then try and regurgitate them in in your space, can you achieve some of? the same sensations? Or is that why you keep coming back to collab? Because it's why I keep going back. Um, I can do a certain amount on my own, but I I never quite get that same momentum up or that same thing. How, How does it work for you in that sense?
1: I I couldn't work at home like I do w- with Collab. I'd burn out in a week. It's it's like party hard for a week, but you can't party hard for a year, you know, like it's, well, not a, you know, <laughs> well, I can't anymore. <laughs> 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 Might have been able to one day, but, you know, and, and I think, you know, obviously one of the big, the big parts, you know, I remember, uh, you know, the first time I met Benoit and looking at how he um, just approaches his art and how he approaches the business of his art. I mean, I'm really bad at the business side of things. I'm, I'm you know, that's why I'm enjoying your podcast. I, You know, I've I've had the luck of being able to make, you know, my living as a teacher. Luckily, it was teaching making and teaching art. So, it, you know, I was lucky enough in one way to have two workshops, a really good one at school and a really good one at home. But then people who make a living doing art and that, you know, I suppose I'm trying to get into that now in my 60s. I, I like to bring home... The enthusiasm for thought, I I think I, I get a lot from the, just the people, I mean, you know, the closest, my closest friends in the world really are, you know, a collaboration people now because you've been together and you've, you know, you've created, you've created things together uh, you've talked about things, and you've said stupid and dumb things, and being, you know, <laughs> camping anyway. by the fire till three <laughs> in the morning, and meeting these fellow crazies from around the world. But just looking at what they do, you know, is 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 motivational. It it does affect. I think the main thing I get from it is is, is a mental health thing. Mm-hmm. To be honest, is is, is a is a sense of validation that I'm I'm not just this idiot who makes stuff in Goulburn and it's whatever. It, it, it does feed the ego on return because you feel validated. Yep. Um, you know, there is a lot of things I, I suppose I've added to my palette since being at Collab or being involved with Collab, but I think the main one is just the way I think about things, the think about my art and, and look at... Uh, the approach you know i don't want to come home and emulate anyone i've met i want to i want to come home and think about how they think about where they got to (laughs) how did they come up with their piece well you you get to watch that
0: happen too which is is quite extraordinary that chance to live in in that moment when you see the ideas being born around you is is quite extraordinary because a lot of us don't we don't process that out loud, even when it comes to showing your work as a finished object. Some of the creation stage is quite ugly. You know, I was having a really mm. bad day, and I just knocked this off the shelf, and that happened, and I backed into this. And I turned around, and I just thought, "Whoa, look, look at the pattern on the floor," and that gave me the inspiration to do X. You know, it it doesn't always translate as a great story. But when you're in the process of watching it happen around you, it's it, to me. I I came home from the first collab that I went to, met you guys, and I said to my wife, "I've I've, I've truly just met my people. I've found my tribe. You know, I'm I I, totally. am, I am connected to people uh, in a way that I hadn't expected. Mm. And uh, what truly threw me was how it's going to sound weird, but how thin lacking in substance, how, how wispy I felt away from that. Like I'd suddenly been filled up to this great volume of, of completeness and then I was now a shell again. Didn't know I was a shell beforehand, but I couldn't shake the feeling afterwards. Mm. And, and I think part of that was I'd spent those first few years of my career as a maker totally wrapped up in my own head wrapped up in my own problems, wrapped up in my own journey, as you do. And all of a sudden, I found, that case, I think there's 112 of us at that one. There, there were all those ways and more shown to me as being completely acceptable. And my little issues were really just that, little issues. It, it, it let me free. It was quite extraordinary. Uh, and yeah. I, I'm guessing teaching probably does that a bit too, because the times that I've had where I've been able to share with children, they, they do tend to rip your bare. Um, They don't leave a lot of meat on the bone if they get a chance. And that honesty isn't always cruelty. It's just literally they just say what they hear or think and off they go. But they also teach you to think about what you're doing and why you're doing it, which, for my case, I came to a little bit later than others maybe.
1: I kind of think, you know, like generally, we're you know, sometimes my advice to somebody who wants to take up teaching is if you, you know, if you love art, teach maths. (laughs) 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 Like... You know, at a high school, it's not, there's not 20 kids in your class who all are hanging on your every word. You know, you might be lucky and have one or two, but you're, you know, you are taking someone on a journey, but you have something that you love, a passion that you love. Teaching is a different thing.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, you, it, it it's... It's how you communicate. It's how you do interpersonal relationships and all those sort of things. You know, you can be brilliant at your artwork and a shit teacher. Um, You know, you can be not very good at it and a brilliant teacher. It is about the journey and, and as I say, the the bringing someone else, bringing someone else into the fold. I think what I found at, at, at Collab is that we're all teachers and we're all students and we're all open to it. And I think that's what the feeling was. I was trying to get into my... Uh, special sculpture group is that, you know, I wasn't there to solve your problems. If you've got problems, see the counsellor. You know, you're here because you've got issues and they could be a variety of issues. It was mainly in, you know, what we used to, our, our category used to be just at risk and that could be at risk of anything from something really ugly just to through to not completing that year of school. And I suppose the way is building up your sense of self through just being accepted for who you are, you know. And and I know you got problems, but hell, we gotta build we gotta finish building this elephant. <laughs> and I don't wanna hear I don't you know, I don't I don't mind if they wanna talk if if the problems arise while we're working and it's this like yeah, right, well, that must have been a really shit shit night. You know, can you hand us the hammer? All right, do you want to go and grab the grinder and cut this off? And yeah, all right, well, you know, maybe you should duck up and see the counsellor and have a bit of chat to her for a while or all that sort of thing. It wasn't to get any angst out of them. It wasn't to get, you know, to try and get them to tell me their life story or all, all the ugly bits. That was for someone else to deal with. Mine was to give them a place where they felt comfortable, uh, felt valued, and what I found was that because, because we were making art, we were and again, I come back to that pencil box thing, at the end of the year, if your group's made 30 pencil boxes, who wants to buy them? None. Your parents will take them maybe if they kind of don't mind you and it'll sit at the back of the cupboard holding all the ugly pencils. Yet we had kids who would make a, you know, a tortoise out of a VW, you know, hubcap and four bolts and a, and a bit of steel and at the end of the year, we would auction it off, and someone might pay three or four hundred bucks for that. One of the things I was really strong on, which was a little bit different with collab, is I never wrote any names of any anybody on any of the work. You work together, you know. Like for example, Year 7s can't weld, so you grab a Year, you know, you got to go and grab Tommy and get him to weld for you. And Tommy knew that he was there in Year Ten, and part of his role was to weld because the Year, you know, the younger kids couldn't. So you had to work together. And because you didn't put names on it, nobody ever missed out on having their name on it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a cool way of looking at it. Yeah. You
1: know, if if you got it wrong or if some, you know, someone might come in for three weeks and, and not be back at the end of it. So, you know, do you write their name and or who, do, who have we forgotten? And as you know, if your name's forgotten off the list of something, you get a bit snarky or you get a bit, oh, they've forgotten me. <laughs> oh, and- um, but I thought that was a really important part of my of my teaching group was that not you know it, this was work from the class this was not work this was not you know you three or whatever i mean i like it at collab that's a different thing you're working you're not talking about kids at risk or artists at risk or even though they may be but that wasn't the outcome yeah that wasn't the outcome you wanted from collaboration whereas that was the outcome i wanted from from my special group uh you know we went for I think we went for probably 10 years, and we raised more each year at that fundraiser than any of the big fundraisers at school. You know, we'd raise on average about $10,000 a year from a town of 25,000 people selling art. That's pretty Because it was, pretty cool. Because it was one-off and it was valued. You know, when a kid started, come, you know, they'd come into my, my class. I remember one kid, you know, he was... You know, having issues and that sort of thing, with a lot of most of its self-esteem. And he knocked up this this garden flower with tiles and you know bits of metal. And I said to him at the end, "What do you reckon that's worth?" He said, oh, "I don't know, twenty bucks." I said, "Oh yeah, okay, that's interesting." I said, "Look, go and ask those guys what they get, what it, what it'll get, because a kid could be with me for three or four years. You know, go and ask those guys what that'll get at auction." And he and uh, he gave them and and uh, you know they'd say. Oh no, mate! No, 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 no! That'll get about three or four hundred bucks, and you go on. And, and these kids are just gobsmacked that anyone would pay it. I mean, we had a we had a, someone. I think it was eleven hundred dollars was one of our records for a for a steel dog. You know, that's pretty mind blowing in a town of twenty five thousand people that someone's going to pay over a thousand bucks for a kid's artwork. It was a brilliant piece. You know, it was a bloody great piece. But that that sense of That sense of, uh, and I used to kind of be really harsh on, I don't want the parents coming along buying, this isn't about fundraising, you know I'm not setting this up to force you to buy your child's artwork, and and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to knock it down cheaply to you, because it's your kids' work Uh, You know, and part of my argument used to be that you're here, it's a bit like when you, you know, if you go and get a job at making caravans, you don't get to keep the caravan (laughs) You (laughs) get to keep all the... You get to keep all the skills that you learn and you can go home and build a caravan, but you don't get to keep the caravan. And, you know, over 10 years, I had one kid complain about not being able to keep his artwork and that kid made nothing. I'm <laughs> <laughs> surprised. I, I said, you can, you can keep everything you've made. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> mind you, I, di- I didn't charge them any fees either and the money we made one year would invest in the kids the next year. So a kid would put a proposal to me. I want to build this, and you go, well, that's worth 200 bucks worth of material. And it's not. I'm whole, I'm not getting them to sign a contract. I'm just getting them to understand that there's there's a there's a cost in them making something. Yep. And if it didn't, for whatever reason, if it didn't come out, that's fine. There was no no guilt process with it. If they kind of left, someone else would finish it. You know, some people, some pieces hung in my scrapyard for five or six years and would slowly be added to. But I think that was. It was it was about collaborating, mm. working together. It's um, someone would be get better on the computer machines or whatever.
0: Well, what I'm finding interesting listening to you, I I, I always love listening to you because I love <laughs> the, the passion and the stories and and the Australian lilt. It's all there. But there's also this this kind of disconnect because you say things like you know oh, I'm i have never been good at the business or interested in the business or or comfortable. I can't remember your exact phrasing, and yet what you were creating there was like the perfect business model. I mean, there was an understanding of cost. There was an understanding of effort and, and return. Um There was a plan. It was all there. It just wasn't viewed in the sense of a business model. But it, you just described what really is a pretty damn decent business model when it comes down to funding a project. Uh, and sure. obviously it worked. Yeah. You know, so it, I think part of the 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 phrasing issue that, that I'm mm. striking and a lot of the feedback I'm getting from people um, with the cast itself um, is that they are only now starting to realise that they can have fun with the business side of things. They, they you, You're allowed to actually play with it. Sure, there's a few rules with taxes and things like that, but there's no rules to say you can't actually turn this whole thing upside down, just like a collab, and set fire to it and make a glaze out of it if that's what you do with your accounts. It's your call. But we just so often get stuck in this mind thing and you you obviously were liberating the kids from their mind thing they'd been told by others they were problems and they were useless and they got in the way and you know um, and too often sadly i see it um over the years kids are told academically you're not that great maybe you should focus on art and it's like well hang on a second artists yeah uh, you know it's not like it's one or the other you can be all these things But some kids do need to see, and some adults too that by having those backup skills they can enjoy their other natural gifts a little bit more freely so it sounds like you set a lot of kids on the right track the idea of this show was to try and get people to look at the idea that going out and finding other people whether it's a group or an individual who doesn't have to be of their medium value they don't have to be another painter or another potter or glass turner or glass blower or whatever but finding somebody else to work with can be really uplifting i mean we, we're experience just the joy in in watching somebody else add value in a way you never thought you would but also there's an awful lot of artists out there who do teach and I really wanted them to hear what somebody who was gifted as a teacher sounded like because that passion and that joy the belief the love for both the process and the kids all comes through when you talk what would you like people to be left to think about as they sort of the noise of your voice slowly fades to the distance
1: (laughs) Um. What re-teaching re collaboration or re teaching? Whatever
0: thing. message. I mean, this has been really the Bill Show. I'm I'm happy to you can take it wherever you want, <laughs> as long as you don't say shut up, Neville. We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Although you do, I need a soundbite of that. It it was it was the soundtrack for a couple of collabs. So,
1: <laughs> eh? oh look, I I suppose you know for for everybody's got their own way of teaching. Uh, it, it and it's not. I I don't yeah you know, principals would contact me and go, "Can you send me a program of your of your special class? You know I go, there is no program. I don't do programs. I, I shoot from the hip everywhere, you know it, it's what's happening at the moment. You know you can send someone in to watch me, you can I'll, I'll take them on, they can come every day, you know, they can come and be with me in the classroom and work with me. i can I'll talk with them till the cows come home, but i I don't know what's going to happen till it's happened and when it's happened it's gone so there's nothing you can't capture that moment it's it it is an element of living in the moment and it's you know every day if there's a different group of kids there's a different dynamic taking that you know i've taught everything from five-year-olds to 85 year olds in a variety of things community college you know jewelry and that sort of thing i i really love working with the person to take them a bit further on their journey it's I'm not a, I'm not a teacher who comes in and says, all right, I'll show you this skill. You know, this is how you do chasing and repousse I've got a, I'm a, I'm a bit of jack of all trades, master of none in, in the sense that I don't think anything's more valid or less valid than anything else. But to me, it, what I find as a teacher is trying to find the fit for the student. So I can, I, I'm quite happy to have a class of, you know, say, you know, if I'm teaching jewellery of say eight or nine people, and each of them at a different level and just my job as the teacher is to find out what their journey is to me you know and I'm not again I'm not saying that teachers should all do this or anything like that you know a lot of people come and that's not for every student either some people come along and go I want to learn this and you go fine I'll show you that and the person next to them is going oh I've never done jewellery before you know and you go All right, well, you know, what is it like? Or someone else comes along and says, I'm a woodworker. I just want to work out how to make add-on bits. So I'll have them all in there together. It does make for extremely frantic teaching. (laughs) However, I think that's what I've learned over the years of having, you know, 25, 12-year-olds in front of you all doing something different. You learn, you know, and then you get nine adults or eight adults and it's just easy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, mate, look but hey, it is about the journey that someone else is on.
0: Yeah, and the fact yeah. that when you're at Collab, you allow others to still maintain their journey while you dance between us all is, is something to behold. Hey, look, this has been wonderful. Um, I, I would like to make it longer, but by the time I had a little bit at the beginning and the end, it, the people just, they they skip my bit anyway. I know that. I can see the stats, folks. Don't think I don't notice. <laughs> hey, this has been a joy, and I thank you very much for your time. Um, now, before you go, though, you,
1: you have a website? Uh, yes, yes, Bill Dorman, one, that's 10 <laughs> Yep. and uh, .com.au, and I think I'm, Instagram is at Bill Dorman Art.
0: Hey, look, thanks, mate. <laughs> really appreciate it, and, um, yeah, look forward to the next time we get to collab together, but I'm sure we'll talk between now and then.
1: Lovely to chat to you, Neb. Yeah. I'll see you later, mate. Thank you, buddy.
0: Hi everyone, just before we go, I wanted to remind you that we have an email address which is theartwonk at gmail.com and we also have a website theartwonk.com uh, That's where we'll be keeping show notes uh, and any other information that seems relevant to art marketing and sharing some of the information that comes up on the podcast So thanks very much for your listening and uh, we're looking for a, an idea of what we should be calling the group Um I think wonkettes or wonklets Um, I know Bill out there probably going to call us wonkers Uh, but please if you want to send us some feedback on what you think a follower of the wonk podcast should be called uh, really interested to get your feedback thanks a lot I'm off to stack elephants, have a great day